All right, everybody. Welcome back to What's Up World Podcast. Uh, got a man in here with us today that's got a story to tell us, and I've wanted to hear it uh, as long as I've known you, but uh, I'm where all of us is finally getting the opportunity to hear it. So uh, without further ado, we got Mr. Jeff Madden with us. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing all right. How are you? And how's right. everybody out there? Doing good, buddy. Doing good. I'm glad you decided to come on and tell us the story, man. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you inviting me. Yeah, no problem. All righty. Tell us a little bit about uh, you growing up, and or, like, are you always lived in Jackson County, or what? I think I know the question, but to those that may not know. Yeah, for those that don't, uh, my name is Jeff Madden. I was born in 1964 to Roscoe and Shirley Madden. I've lived in Jackson County my entire life. And plan on finishing my life here. Yep. And uh, graduate, I did graduate high school in 1982, and uh, hopefully, what I'm doing here today will uh, touch someone's life and and help someone. And you may hear some tears and crying going on. I don't know if I can do this uh, without it or not. Uh, yeah. You know, sharing your life story with people, you know, there's, there's a lot of sad moments that goes with this. And uh, mm-hmm. actually, my testimony is uh, for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, uh, Absolutely. you know, I love the Lord. And, uh, you know, what I talk about here today don't is nothing to glorify what I've ever done in my life. It's right. just what the Lord has done for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the mistakes that I made, you know, running with the devil for 27 years, you know, and I know who he is. And... Uh, I've heard people that are like, God's not real. Well, I know God is real. I know what he's done for me. Absolutely. And uh, hopefully someone needs help, they can get some help. I believe it'll do a lot of people a lot of good, uh, without a doubt. I've known you a long time. I mean, you've always gotten along, been friendly with each other and stuff. And I I know a little bit about your past, you know, getting in trouble and a few things and stuff. But... uh, we actually, me and you ran up on each other last night, Greyhawk, yep. coming home. And uh, no no matter what type of situation you was in throughout all these years, you've always been the nicest guy I ever was. Thank you. And uh, I've always thought a whole lot about you, which makes, I say that to say this, you come up on people like that, that is in a bad situation. But they're always real good people, real personable people. That right there is a sure sign, sure sign of them being just trapped, right? You know, by something like addiction. Yes, addiction is is a major trap. Yeah, it will steal your life, your identity. Mm-hmm. It 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 steal everything about you yeah. until that you uh, make a decision to want something different in life. Oh yeah, and. Uh, you know, a lot of people that I grew up with and partied with, most of them's in the graveyard or in the penitentiary. And uh, all honesty, that's where I would be. I should have been in a graveyard years ago or in penitentiary for the things I've done for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, and God had another plan for my life, and, and I appreciate him, and I thank him very much. I thank him every day, and I praise him every day for what he's done for Oh, me. absolutely. Now, I may be wrong, but did you do time? Yes, sir. I think you did do a little time. Yes, sir. I stayed 13 months in McKee jail before I went down to the pen, and I stayed up. I don't know. I got to. I got a 10-year sentence, and I had to pull 20% of it and go through a substance abuse program while I was in there in order to get back out into the streets. Now, that substance abuse program, you had to do that in order to 
to get shot back out. Yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. And actually, it's the best program that ever uh, I ever went through in my life. You know, uh, penitentiary didn't change me. The Lord did. But this program that the penitentiary has, why it's not in the street, I really don't understand. There's a lot of information. I learned more about myself personally and who I am Mm -hmm. and how I function. There was 500 of us in this program. We all had the same book. I remember walking up to the counselor, and I'm like, this is a joke. I said, you know, this." I said, we all got the same information. Uh-huh. And this counselor, she said, Mr. Man, she said, if you will apply yourself to this program, she said, you take what's in this book that applies to your life, mm-hmm. and you use it, she said, you'll learn something. She said, what don't apply to your life in this program? She said, just forget about it. And I learned more about myself. And then the program, the program was one of the best things yeah. that I'd ever went through. Now, I think it's probably important to kind of set the, set the tone a little bit. Like when you were sentenced to prison, what was the first day in there like to you? Uh, the first first day was uh, when, I, when I got down there, you know, you had a lot of things on your mind. You know, when you go to penitentiary, you know, you, Ain't nobody likes you before you get there. There ain't nobody knows you, and ain't nobody there for missing Sunday school. They all yeah. convicts, yeah. So, so you don't really know what to expect. Everybody's there for bad reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, it's like when I, when I first got there, first thing they do, you know, is they shave your head and and they strip everybody down, and it, it's, it's just like a big uh, fire hose that they uh, spray you down with. Delousing or whatever. Yeah, delousing and debuggy. It's kind of degrading, but at the same mm-hmm. time, you know, penitentiary is not supposed to be like being at home. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So it was, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. I'm kind of like this. All through my life, I can adapt to any situation if necessary. Yeah. And that was just something, you know, going to the penitentiary was the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. Actually, right. it was, and there's a lot I can't say that. You know, most goes to the pen, comes back with more connections. They do. And they do. I, I told my mother, I said, uh, I said, while I'm gone, I said, I'm going to do something that will benefit my life when I get back here. Yeah. You know, little did I know what I was in store. Uh-huh. But uh, but it did, and it was, a, it was a big help. So, I mean, it was the best thing. I can see, I can see that uh, making a a big impact on somebody you know kind of a big wake-up call you yep. know how old was you when you went to Let's the penitentiary see. i'm 59 now and i went to the pen i see i think it's 2003 it might have been 2005 it stayed till 2007 okay okay 2005 to seven did you say yeah boy two years that's that's a, that's that's a long time it is when you can't uh, when you're used to freedom yeah you know that's that's a big deal now you done 20 percent of that and got out what happened like what was what was the situation when you got out did you go back to that life or was it changed from then on no now i did make a few mistakes when i first got home you know it took a little while for me to make those mistakes and it ain't a mistake that i wanted to make Mm mm-hmm but uh, the best thing is my brother come to me before I ever come home, and he said, I've got a job for you if you want it. And that's when we had the feed store up here. I remember here. that. I remember and, buying uh, some boots off of you out there. Yes, sir. Yeah. And uh, that helped me more than anything because now I'm also like this with a lot of addicts. 
when I was in the penitentiary, they'd give us a list of people that would hire you and put you to work and help you. Mm-hmm. But when you get home, you call these people. They don't want nothing to do with you. Oh, yeah. with you. So, uh, you know, addicts that's coming back out in the street, and I say this to, to people that's a listening that runs businesses or runs across an addict, somebody, you know, that uh, puts in an application. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a firm believer that when you're an addict, until that you want a different kind of lifestyle, you're not going to get a different kind of life. That's true. I believe that, yeah. But at the same time, if, if uh, you got somebody's got to give you a second chance in life. Mm-hmm. And if nobody's willing to give you a second chance, 99% of the people go right back to what they was doing. Yeah. You know, they're like, nothing's never changed. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm like this. Uh, the, the friends and the people that I used to hang out, when I first come home from the penitentiary, you know, 27 years of drug addiction, I didn't fit in with people, normal people as I call it. Right, right. You know, yeah. I've, uh, I couldn't even have a conversation, never had a conversation with somebody in a, in a normal conversation. It was all drug activity or something to do with drugs is the only conversation I'd had because of the lifestyle that I lived. Mm-hmm. So I didn't fit in over here with the normal people. But I also didn't fit in where I used to hang out because I didn't want that life anymore. Yeah. yeah. So it took me a while to adjust to a normal life. Mm-hmm. And I love life, and I love life every day now. Normal life is better than any, yeah. <laughs> any of the past life I ever had. Yeah. But, uh, but it did take me a while to transition into that. Oh, I and, uh, so. and to be able to sit down and have a conversation with somebody, you know, because... You know, in this small town, I know how everybody is. They're like, we'll give you six months, and you'll be right back in the pen. And unfortunately, it is the truth. And, you know, that's just how that's just how things go, you know. And, and I'm like this. Didn't have nothing to prove to nobody except for myself, mm-hmm. you know. And, and uh, there's a lot goes along with drug addiction that, uh, you know, people think, you know, I'm just, I'm just getting high and hurting nobody but me. And there's a lot of people, you know, any addict's got somebody that loves them and cares about them. Yeah. And, you know, you put a whole lot of people through a whole lot of things. Well, yeah, you know, that that's very true. I've had people come on this podcast before that was addicts, and they say the very same thing. It's not just yourself you're hurting. You're hurting everybody around you that loves you. Yes, sir. Because they're faced with, like, feeling like they're enabling you. They don't yep. – they, they, they want you to get off of them, obviously. But then there may, be, may come a situation where – you're in pain, you're hurting, you're needing that quick fix or whatever yep. to, to to keep the, the what is it, detox, I guess, at bay, keep it from happening because that's real painful. You know, yes, sir. Uh, and uh, so they feel sorry for you and they, uh, so they go, may go help you get something to take right. that edge off, but then at the same time they know they're helping kill you. That's exactly right. You know, it's, it's a, it's a real tough spot for not just the person that is dealing with the addiction, but the whole entire family. Yes, sir. It's a bad situation. Yes, it is. Very much so. It's a, it's, it's, it's something else that I think about every person on this podcast has said, you know, that you're not just hurting yourself, you're hurting everybody around you. That is absolutely correct. Yeah. Now, and, go, ahead, go ahead. And you can't figure that out, though, while you're, why you're out, you're strung out. Oh yeah. You know well, you're, you're just you don't thinking want... about that next, that next time. The next time, and you know, no matter. I'm I'm like this with addiction. You couldn't quit addiction, 
for no family member, no child. You know, the addiction was stronger than, than everything else, even though, you know, I love my family and my children. You couldn't quit for them. Yeah. You know, and it's uh, it's pretty heartbreaking after that you get straightened up what you really realize that you put other people through, and especially your children. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I can't imagine how hard that would be. That's a that's a hard one on the old heart. Mm. Uh, well, you don't have you're not in the right frame of mind to think about anything like that in the moment. You no. know, all you're from what I've been told, all you're concerned about is that next that next time. You know, having it ready for when I need it the next time. You're not thinking about the people that's involved in it with you or that you're hurting and stuff. But then, when you do have that moment of clarity or uh, recovery, all those real life emotions and feelings start coming to you. Yes, sir. And uh, that would be a lot to take. It would be a lot to take. It is. Yeah. It is, but, you know, with the help of the Lord, you can get through it. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, that's that's the only way, you know. And I mention the Lord quite a bit, and uh, I have to, because I tell you what, you know, I held hands with the devil. I know who he is, and uh-huh. and I'm like this with any addict or any lost person, period. You know, as as long as that you're holding hands with the devil, he'll never bother you. He'll feed you disease. That's oh, yeah. that's what he'll do. Because I mean, he ain't going to aggravate you until that you make one step toward the Lord, and then then you really realize who he is. Oh yeah. And you yeah. really realize, you know, he's yeah. been real just as like that's just like Jesus. Everybody's like, well, I don't believe in this, and I don't believe in that. But if you're lost, when you take your step toward the Lord, you. Mm-hmm. You'll see how real they are oh, on both of the end of these. Now, do you remember the first time you ever tried drugs, any kind of drug? What was the first drug you ever tried? The first drug that I ever tried, probably wasn't considered a drug, was actually gasoline. Huffing gas. Huffing gasoline. Yeah. And uh, if you want to, if you want me to just go ahead and. Yeah, go, go right in, into go it. Into I'll, this. I'll uh, shut up and let you have it. <laughs> You're perfectly fine. <laughs> perfectly fine. Uh, my, my addiction started, you know, I played basketball and, and baseball and, like I said, come from a good family. And uh, I created my own prison along my way of life. And uh, But at 10 years old, you know, it's, uh, I got an 11-year-old daughter and I got grandkids. It's a... Uh, around that age and uh, when I look at them you know I sit back and think you know at 10 years old I like to smell the gasoline and then I smelled it a few times back in them days it would give you a buzz Mm -hmm. so that's where my addiction started and started huffing gasoline and man it would put you out there just like you was on LSD or something and uh, you know events takes place in in a person's life that either makes you go one way or another as well and I don't blame things this is just Jeff Madden's life and and what happened to me and how that I chose to live my life and uh, between 10 and 13 year old we, I was a smoking. We'd smoke a, a quarter pound of pot every weekend. We was drinking alcohol. I was dropping LSD by the time I was 11 and 13 year old. Oh, God almighty. And on some major trips. Yeah. 
Major trips. And little did I know, you know, nobody sets out to be an addict, Danny. Nobody. All this first starts out to be fun, you know. Yeah, yeah. We don't have a good time. Little did I know what this was going to turn into in my entire life. And anyway, when I, when I got in high school, I didn't make the basketball team. And I don't blame that for, for what I've done, but yeah, yeah. that was just another turn in my life that I'm like, you know, I got other things on my mind anyway. Mm-hmm. I just want to party and have a good time. And, uh, you know, all, all through high school, it was pot, it was speed, it was a pill called a Quaalude. You know, I remember that they said I'd be selling headbands when I got out of high school. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was, but I was, you know, I might have been straight two or three weeks out of four years. How about that? Yeah. And uh, and the addict that I was, I, I'm like this. I have an addictive personality. If I like what I'm doing, I, I like to do a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like I said, this don't glorify nothing to me. It, it just I, don't, I just want to tell everybody, you know, what kind of life that I did live. You know, thirty to fifty joints a day yeah. for years. Yeah. And then I smoked four pack of cigarettes on top of that. You know. Man. So what I'm saying, if you think God ain't real, I'm sitting here and I can breathe. Yeah, buddy. You know, and, and I ought not, I ought to been on oxygen. So I ought to been dead. Yeah. But you know this, is, and this is just early. You know, mm-hmm. thirty to fifty joints a day, and this continued on for years. But uh, you know, and I thought I'd sit in high school, and I'm like, you know what? I don't need a job when I get out of high school. I got a I used to watch Cheech and Chong all the time, Danny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I learned this old saying from Cheech and Chong. I don't need a job. I got a pack of them in my back pocket. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I kind of, you know, I, I went through school just enough to, to get by and just enough to pass. Mm-hmm. You know, wasn't worried about what was coming after high school. And, and I'll explain some of that a little bit later on. I don't want to jump from here to there, trying to keep everything in order in my life here the way to yeah. tell this story uh but you know little little did i know years on down the road you know you need education uh-huh. care what anybody anybody says you, you need education you need to learn something while you're at school mm-hmm. you know besides what i learned you know i, I learned uh, i learned i could roll joints up and throw them out the window somebody throw a five dollar bill in but you know being an addict that led me to another thing in the addiction world, which I've become a dealer. You know, that took care of my problem. Uh And uh, nowadays I look back, you know, and how many people's lives did I help destroy and feed their addiction, you know, and it's a very sad to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I got out of high school, got married, moved to Jackson Valley. My apartment was upstairs. And the stairs was like Walmart every day. Yeah. Every day. A lot of people in and out. A lot of people in and out, you know, and I'd smoke all day with them. You know, and it's, you couldn't, I couldn't go get a job somewhere if they'd done a drug test because I couldn't ever pass a drug test. Yeah. So I'd hang drywall, stuff like that, something, something anything that anybody wouldn't drug test me on. But, I, but what that taught me is I'd take the pot or I'd take whatever I had with me, you know, and I'd sell that where I worked yeah. to make my money back, you know, and hit, uh, it's, it's pretty miserable 
but uh, it covered my addiction. And uh, that didn't last too long, a couple years, whatever, and we divorced, and about six months later, you know, I kept on doing the same thing regardless. You know, married again, married my best friend. And uh, we got two kids together. I love them kids. And, uh, you know, the first, first, when I first laid eyes on my son, you know, that's a love that I felt inside I'd never felt in my life. You know, when him and my daughter's about 17 months apart, this is my oldest two children. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'd, I'd sit outside, I'd, you know, I, I slung dope then, continued to slang constantly. And, uh, you know, it was enough, the pot and the pills you thought would be enough. And, uh, I used to fight a lot of chickens. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we said chicken fights, and we snorting a lot of coke, and this is where I'm where I probably met my worst nightmare at, as I run into methamphetamines, and I'd been around it a while here, you know, I'd seen my buddies as I was strung out, <coughs> and uh, you know, I said I don't want to be like that, and uh, but we'd snorted I don't know how much cocaine, and a friend of mine, he's like uh, he's like try some of this, try some of this, and. Then, and I'm not talking about the homemade meth that they make here today. I'm talking about the meth that used to come out of Arizona and California. Okay. Now, this stuff was, I mean, some wicked stuff. I've never done nothing like this in my life. Yeah. And it's a, it's a one-hit hook. You know, you could do just a little bit. You could do a half inch of a line, and you'd be up for three days. God almighty. And, uh, you know, I've never done nothing like that. And nobody around here really knowed I was, I was on that. Yeah. You know, and I tell you what, I continued uh, on that, but I got a little bit ahead of myself here. Uh, I'll go back and rewind a little bit. I got busted. I can't remember what year it was. I got busted by the feds for drug trafficking in Jackson County and other eastern parts of Kentucky. Yeah. And uh, you would think, you know, that that might straighten a man up a little bit. Yeah, that'd be scary. And, uh, you know, it was the first defense I'd ever had in my life. So when I went in front of the judge, you know, they said, well, you ain't got no criminal record. We're going to probate you for two years, send you home. Yeah. Well, I just got to thinking, well, you know, well, I beat this. I ain't going nowhere. Yeah. So I come back to the house, and I said, I need to go undercover here a little bit more. So I hooked up grow lights and started doing my own growing. Oh, okay. You know, and I thought, well, nobody needs to know. And then that's when the mess started. That's when meth come into play too. And I took a, I took a drug test every month for the feds, and I passed it. By drinking a naturally clean tea, I passed that for two years. But uh, the methamphetamines, I'd probably been up six months at one point in time when everything blowed up in my life. God. I'd probably been up six, probably hadn't laid down in six months. Oh my God! It was crazy, crazy. How can a body go? That's right. You know, my my body would want to lay down. My mind wouldn't let me. Yeah. But what it done is I don't care if it's drugs or not. Or you stay up long enough, your mind starts playing tricks on you. Oh, yeah. I went, I went, I went totally crazy on this stuff. 
You know, it's, it made me mean, is, mm-hmm. is what it made me. And, and do a lot of foolish stuff. And, uh, you know, a little, little bit on down the road, uh, you know, my, my wife and my kids left. And, uh, you know, losing my children was hard on me, but I, I was no shape to take care of them. Yeah. You know, period. You know, but I loved them. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, don't blame nobody for anything. You know, and and uh, you know, I, I I used to run around. I've run up and down this road to my kids and me strung out on pills and stop at the pill dealer or here and there with them. You know, and and uh, I've had my kids to stand outside at the Lexington Mall up against the wall and nobody to watch them while I went to the bathroom and snort coke or meth or whatever, you know, and, and it's just crazy, you know, what, what a man puts, puts his family through and, and uh, you know, could, could quit and, and uh, you know, got to see them every couple of weeks and never could get my life straightened out and it just kept going from bad to worse, you know. And, and the meth had actually took over. It, it took over my life, you know. And yeah. and I'd actually thought I'd lost my mind. Actually, probably it did. And uh, as far as that part goes, uh, and then I started uh, cooking coke and making crack. And at the same, you know, it was meth. It was crack. It was coke. It was Xanaxes. I'd. I'd I'd smoke meth all day and take Xanaxes try to lay down. I'd eat them 50 or 20 at a time. Man. And then when I say I stayed high, I don't mean I got high on the weekends. I mean I stayed high seven days a week. Well, Whatever I done, I done from morning to, to morning yeah. as far as that part goes. Well, and, uh, you know, it, it, it was a mess, but... Uh, You know, there come there come a point in time. I'd I'd hit I'd hit rock bottom, man. It, it's uh, I'd tried suicide twice. One was in Texas. Actually, slept with a shotgun in my mouth for I don't know how long was that. God. You know, and uh, just sick of living. You know, the old devil had me right where he wanted me. He'd fed my disease for the twenty-seven years, but I was fixing to go right straight to the middle of hell. Yeah, and. Uh, I went to I went to my mom's one day, Danny, and uh, I tell you what, I, I appreciate a praying mother. Oh yeah. And uh, I told mom, I said, Mom, I said I've had enough. I'm sick, and I said and I can't do this. Now detoxing on your own is a dangerous thing. Okay. Dangerous thing. And I tell you what, mom set up for me for two weeks. Never said a ill word to me whatsoever and then I would lay in the floor daddy and I would pull my hair yeah. and I would have anxiety and panic attacks and I'd scream and I'd holler all this dope coming out of me that I'd done for 27 years yeah. and uh, mom would say these few days go by and mom would say son is it alright if I have somebody to come by and sit and pray for you I'd say well sure mom that's alright well, the preacher would come by, they'd sit and pray, you know. It's no big deal. Yeah. 
you know, never, never really done anything, never failed anything. Mm-hmm. About two weeks went by, Daddy, and uh, I told Mom one day. I said, Mom, I, I said, uh, I said I'm gonna go up to that apartment. I said I need to be by myself for a little while. And she said, That's fine, son. And uh, this is where everything changed. Okay. And this is what takes an addict or a lost person. You don't have to be a drug addict to be, you know, to be lost. Yeah. But uh, I got up there, and I was a screaming and a hollering. And people could say hallucinations or whatever, but this is for real. I lay, I laid in that floor and I screamed and I hollered and I cried. And I finally, I finally cried out to God. And I prayed, this is what I done. I, I looked right up, I laid in the floor, and I said, God, if they are a God, you know. And I said, I need you to come into my heart, to come into my life, save my soul and help me. And Lord behold, I, I'm telling you, there was streams of the brightest, goldest lights that you ever seen in your life that come through the ceiling. There ain't no cracks in my ceiling. And I love the Lord. I tell you what, them lights, that gold light, I couldn't see nothing else pinned me to the floor. And when I got up off of that floor, I felt like a new man. New man. And you know, God could touch you and take away all this and be done. But you're going to have to, it don't hardly work that way. You know, he'll touch you and then he's got to clean you up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, uh, uh, two years I've done good, you know, and I, I got, I was in church and, uh, <clears throat> you know, we still make mistakes. Oh, yeah. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget that God, God told me, he said, Jeff, he said, now when you make a, he said, when you mess up this time, he said, I'm going to put you somewhere I can help you. And I'm like, well, Lord, I said, what do you mean mess up? I said, yeah. mess up? Yeah. I kind of like, like this. Uh-huh. And uh, anyway, I went on a life, you know. <coughs> I'd moved up to Pine Grove Bridge, and, and actually my daughter had come home. And uh, I'd, she'd come home to live with me, and, and, and that was a blessing. And you know what my, what I put uh what I put my kids through is just unreal, but uh-huh. you know she she helped me in more ways than she'll probably ever know, and uh, she probably helped keep me alive several times. Yeah. But in this two years when she come on, after I went to the pen, I seen what the Lord was talking about. I made a mistake. I started getting right back on the meth after I'd got custody of her. I don't remember how long that she was home before that I got to partying again. Yeah. And then it went right straight back. I learned how to make this stuff. Wow. And uh, that was not a good thing. Yeah. And uh, I remember uh, I remember I stayed in the woods most of the time, and I remember I'd leave her a, a walkie-talkie, and we'd tell each other good night on a walkie-talkie, you know. <laughs> you know, and I, I was happy to have her. You know, home, but at the, at the same time, you know, falling right back into what I'd always done. Yeah. And uh, never wanted to hurt nobody in my entire life, you know, hmm. of what I'd done. But I had a car wreck down here below my key. This is actually what got me locked up. I'd hit a lady and it almost killed her. 
Now, I didn't even know I'd hit anybody as far as that part goes. Wow. At, uh, my brother told me at the hospital, he said, son, he said, brother, he said, you know, there's somebody else involved in this accident. And I said, no. And, uh, you know, she is in critical condition, and uh, praise the Lord that she didn't die. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, uh, that bothered me severely. Bothered me severely. Yeah. And uh, you would think that a man would learn a little lesson there. But when I got home, I went right back, right back the same thing. Dad. What a hold it has on you. What a hold, that's exactly right, you know. Put me in jail for a little while, all that done was held me up from doing what I wanted to do. Yeah. And that was cook dope and do dope. And uh, a little bit later on, finally the law come and actually busted me. And... Uh, you know, my daughter was at school, and I'm glad that she was when they came. Uh-huh. But, you know, that's a you know, a phone call. You know, the police is here, honey. You know, I'm not going to be here when you get home. That's, that's a heartbreaking. Yeah, but, but, you know, that wasn't nobody's fault but mine. Yeah. You know, and uh, but anyway, I stayed locked up and, and uh, for a while. And then uh, I got bonded out. They started putting an ankle bracelet on me, and I made a comment, and they locked me right straight back up because I didn't want that ankle bracelet no way. Yeah. Because yeah. that limited me to where I could go and what I could do. Uh-huh. But I ended up getting later, out later on. I won't mention no names who bonded me out because that part don't matter. And I went right straight back. My brother got me home. I probably, when he got outside, I probably went right straight back and started the cooking. Yeah. And, uh, when they come and busted me, you know, I didn't get back out that time. You know, when you're talking about enabling, hmm. you know, when when that, when everybody quit trying to help me, that's when I probably got the best help that I could ever get. Yeah. You know, and I understand, you know, a lot, a lot of parents, you don't want to see your kids messed up, you don't want to see them without, but, you know, jail is not the worst place that you could be. That's exactly right. You know, Absolutely it's right. probably probably one of the best and safest places. You might not like being there. Yeah. And probably don't. I ain't nobody yet to like being oh. there. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, you're at least getting fed and... Uh, yeah, yeah. And you got somewhere to lay down. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I stayed 13 months in a in a cell that probably about twice as long as this, but it wasn't no wider than this. Yeah. 13 months. You imagine staying in this room right here 13 months. Man, I couldn't do it. And it's, it was it was miserable, but you know, it's the only time I seen daylights when they'd take me across the road to court. Now, when I got locked up, I was look. I had 23 felony charges all together, so I was looking at 20 to life is what I was looking at when I went in front of the judge. Yeah. And I wouldn't agree to nothing. Yeah. At all. They tried to give me 20 years, and me pull 18 and a half of them before I could ever get out. And I said, you get me a jury, and I'll take 40 years if they give it to me. Wow. And that judge told me, he said, I'll tell you what I do. He said, I'll get a jury. And he said, what you beat me on is fine. But he said, what you don't beat me on, he said, I'll max you out on every one of them. Really? Yes, sir. He's going to make an example out of you. Yes, sir. Well, Lord, behold, 13 months later, they brought a judge from Somerset down here. Mm-hmm. And uh, this judge, he charged me with two of them, and he said, uh, 10 years, 
The deal was 10 years, pull 20%, graduate the substance abuse program, and he would shock me back out yeah. into the street. Uh-huh. And uh, that's what I done. That's that's when I went down to the pen. And, you know, I had, like I said, talked about that program there a while ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I never thought much about it. Now, when I, when I first got to the pen, they sent us, they sent us over to Blackburn. That's like going to a college. Yeah, I've been to Blackburn. No, yeah. no fence. Yeah, you know that's kind of hard. That's kind of hard when, when you you can't adapt to something when you can see normal life going on across the street. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I understand that. Yeah, that that wasn't good. I'm like, Lord, I, I'm like I don't know if I can do this or not. <laughs> you know, and you get ten years of walking across the road that uh, added on to your time. Yeah, and uh, I wasn't there too long. Thank God, and and they said we're gonna send you back behind the fence and I said thank you <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, thank you. I couldn't see the outside world behind the fence I had to adapt to yeah. penitentiary life and I, yeah. so that's what I done but then substance abuse program started that's a that's a pretty if, you, if you've ever talked to anybody that's been in it you know it, it, it's pretty it's it's governed by the inmates yeah Yep. And they they're trying to teach you how to survive out here in, in oh. the real world and, and learn something. And you, I mean, hits me. They hang signs on your neck and <laughs> make you get up in front of people and do some crazy things. Yep. But uh, but anyway, when when it shocked me out, like I said, uh, I love my brother and and he's been a, a major help in my life. He's you know, a man. and and uh, want to come home. We were at that feed store and done that and his friends come around and stuff and and uh, you know a little later I started to double dabble a little bit and then I figured out I'm like no 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 yeah I said I know who you are that was nothing but the pure devil showing up well, you recognized it yes sir time. and uh, yeah. I said this ain't happening again yeah and uh so ever 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 since then, man, the Lord is Lord has blessed me. You know, I met Sherry and we got married and we got a beautiful daughter. And yeah, buddy. We've been married twelve years and and uh, I just I love life and and uh, I don't ever see you anymore without a smile on your face. <laughs> I hear you. That's that's a good thing. I was used to you know what, Daddy? I never did smile no way. Yeah. You know, I always wasn't trying to be mean or nothing, but you know, I just I walked around. It wasn't nothing to smile out, you know. I didn't really smile much and didn't really didn't really care about life when it comes right down to You're it. You're just going through the motions. Yeah. I guess maybe be maybe be the best way to explain it. Yes, sir. I never known you to be a mean person. I never known you to be in a bad mood. But I also never known you to be as deep in it as, as what you just said. Yes, sir. Because you was a very well functioning addict. Yeah. In my opinion. Right. I, I like you say, you know, you was high seven days a week. I never did know it. I hear you. Yeah, seven seven days a week and many a year, you know, it's uh to be able to sit down and that's why I say, you know, if you can't see that God as God is real through my life, you know, I don't want nobody to remember nothing about me. I just want them to remember what Jesus has done for me. Yeah, you know, he restored my soul. He restored my health, my mind. You know, I put a lot of chemicals in this body. I've had every kind of test run. They say I'm a healthy man. And I scared to death when we had all them tests run. Yeah. 
but uh, you know uh, that that was a blessing and uh, but you know uh, being a, a addict and I'm and I like I said I hope this helps someone when I got straight everything that I'd ever done from the time I was 10 mm. to the time I got straight started going through my mind it's just like a key mind it's just like a computer yeah. And if you get a virus on that computer, you got to clean it. Yeah. Well, I had plenty of viruses because drug addiction is kind of like this. I don't care what kind of problem I caused or had. Yeah. I didn't deal with that. I'd just get high and go on. Yeah. So there's 27 years of things that i done and created that I hadn't ever dealt with, Danny, ever. Yep. And my mind, like I said, it just do 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 everything that I'd ever done, mm-hmm. you know. And I've, I've apologized to some people, you know, and and I'd apologize to all of them, anybody that I'd ever caused any harm to. I would, I would today, you know. It's a, you know, used to. Uh, I'd take your money. I'd take everything you got. Yeah. You know, didn't care. Yeah. You know, now I'd give you the shirt off my back, and and I'd help you in any way that I can, and, I know and you, you know, will. and. And that's uh, just, uh, I, I love life. And, and uh, But anyway, I, did it. I had to deal with all these problems yeah. and get them out of my life. And, you know, you sit and dwell sometimes, but you can't drag the past into your future. That's or true. you will living in the past. That's and that true. Don't, that don't go over too well. Yeah. But, you know, like, like I said, I, I love the Lord. He, he has blessed me. The clothes on my back, they come through him. The shoes on my feet, the food on my table. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I don't have nothing for show, but uh, he's given me a couple things to make a living with. That That is yeah, baby. It's just blown my mind. I never figured I'd own anything like that in my life. And, Lord behold, he gave me two of them. Yeah, <laughs> and, I know what he's talking about. And, uh, you know, and I'm not here to brag on none of that, cause like oh, I said, brag, buddy. That's it, uh, you know, it's uh, it. it's uh, my name may be on the title's tongue, but they come from the Lord, you know. Yeah. And uh, does that mean that when you become a Christian and live for the Lord, that life is easy? No, it ain't. What yeah. they put him through when he was here, they didn't like him. They beat him. Yeah. They drug him through the streets. Yep. You know, so why should we have it any easier? You know, when you when you become a Christian, I don't mean. Everything's just hunky dory. I'm, I'm kind of like a pastor. I'm kind of like Brian told me one time or told the church. He said, "I'd like to hand you a Bible when you first get saved and say all your problems is over," but it ain't that way. Yeah, it ain't that way. Yeah. You know, we struggle and we go through things, but I'm like this: when the devil shows up and he comes at me, he don't like me at all, Danny, because I share this with other people. Yeah, and I live yeah. for the Lord. Now he don't he don't like me, so he attacks me. In many of a way, mm-hmm. and he'll crawl in any corner that somebody can. If you allow him to crawl in a crack, he'll crawl in it. Oh yeah. But I know who he is when he shows up because I run with him too long and I ain't got nothing for him. Yeah. Because I tell you what, I was at my ropes end and I was headed right straight to hell. But I praise the Lord and I appreciate you inviting me here and I appreciate everybody listening today. Well, Jeff, buddy, I sure appreciate you coming. Uh, and I, I hope this helps someone that listen if, if you're an addict and you've got problems out there and you want help 
you can get it, but you're going to have to want it. You know, there comes a point in time to where if you're done and you want done, you, you need you need to seek help if you're out there and you're strung out like I was. I see a lot of people here, and you know what I do for a living? I see I see it all over the world, everywhere I go in these trucks. And, yeah. And I see, I see, you know, and the drugs that's out in these streets today, you know, they're key. Hell yeah. And and I see a lot of it. And addiction is is not something easy to get. It it's it's not. It's not an easy thing to get off of. You, some people may throw it down and mm-hmm. and go on about their business, but I couldn't. And I don't know many that has. I don't know anybody that could. And uh, you know, the addiction that stole their life, it stole their identity. I forgot who I was. I didn't know who I was anymore, Dan. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up, but I used to when I was 10, mm-hmm. and I had dreams. Yeah. But the devil, through the addiction, stole all my dreams and stole my identity. Yeah. And sitting here today, if I was sitting and looking at the same person across there, the old Jeff Madden, I didn't like that man. Yeah. I don't ever want to be that man again. And I don't think I ever will be you that won't man be. again. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna quit serving the Lord, and I'm not gonna quit telling everybody about. Uh, you know, I, I want to help somebody. You will. You did here somebody. today. And that's that's what it's all about is is helping somebody. You know. You definitely did uh, help a lot of people today. There'll be a lot of people hear this. I know a lot of people that is in active addiction does listen to this podcast. I get emails from people saying, "Hey, this person really come on there and help me out." So it'll definitely help a whole lot of people. I I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on and talking about because it it's not easy. It's not an easy thing. I no. would imagine, especially when you start talking about your kids and stuff like that. You know, that's 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 hard to to bring up. Yes, it is. Uh, but like you said, you know, the devil lost one of his greatest warriors uh, in hell uh, when he lost you. So he's he's no doubt pretty mad about it. Oh yeah, yeah. He, pretty, he, he lets me know every time to time, but the Lord, you know, I'm like I know who you are. You get behind me, yeah. you know. But I have to, you know, I have to realize that when he shows up. Yeah, you know, because because he will, and, and if he catches you off guard, you know, mm-hmm. he'll hit you today and he'll leave you alone a little bit, and, yeah. and he'll hit you again. And, yeah. And but like I said, I. I know who he is. I just laugh about it sometimes. And sometimes he really gets under my skin. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I'd like to it. hit him so hard. I <laughs> guarantee know, it. In the flesh, I can't do nothing with it, but spiritually, I can handle it. Oh, yeah. You got this, Jeff, buddy. You've, you've always you've always been one of my favorite people, buddy. I appreciate you. I've thought the world of you for a long time, man. Well, I mean, you always got along. I've thought yes, sir. Like a buddy. Yeah, we Neighbors. Yeah, you know, you you are a blessed man. You've got a good thing going. You have got a beautiful wife, beautiful family. Yes, sir. You you you're a success story, buddy. You really are. Yeah, I in love every my... shape, form there is. You're a, a true success story, and I I sure appreciate you. That ain't no problem. I appreciate you inviting me, and I once again, and I appreciate what the Lord's done for me. You know, He don't owe me nothing, and I owe Him everything. Yeah, buddy. We all do. Yes, sir. Yeah, buddy. Yes, sir. All right, everybody. That is, uh, well, I hit the wrong camera there. <laughs> we got a little, uh, I want to say this. Uh, the podcast has went through a whole lot of changes here lately with video and stuff like that. And I've been down here working on video ads and everything. And I'm going to play one of them 
here, and uh, you all let me know on the Facebook page or on the in the sh- in, within the show notes of the podcast what you think about it. Uh, it takes about three hours to do one of these, <laughs> and I've got I've got two done, and I think I've got about five more to do. <laughs> so, uh, you all just let me know what you think of this little ad here that I'm gonna play, and uh, I guess that's all. Until next time, I appreciate everybody. Appreciate you, Jeff, coming talking to us. Appreciate you inviting me. And uh, we'll see you all next time. Let me know what you think of this ad, folks. Welcome to ANJ Deals, your one-stop shop for all your daily needs. We have everything from laundry detergent, cleaning supplies, grocery products, batteries, pop, energy drinks, and much more. Please stop by at 7416 Highway 421 North, Sandgap KY, or give us a call at 6069-7596-64.